Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message, which is brought to you by Antioch Sheffield. Head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Good morning, everybody. You know, my memory isn't as good as it used to be, so I can't pinpoint it exactly, but the last time that I preached here in this hall was sometime last year when everybody was in lockdown. And like every other church, Antioch was doing its best to get things online that at least resembled something like a Sunday morning service. And I was lined up to preach. And I remember coming down here one Thursday afternoon And the hall had a sort of sad and forlorn kind of feel to it. All the chairs were stacked back. It wasn't anything like it usually is. And there was just me and Pastor Todd here. There was an X marked on the floor over there with some tape. That's where I had to stand. And there was a table over there, and Todd was sitting at the table fiddling with all the knobs and levers on his computer and we had to get the lights in place and we had to get the camera focused and we had to get the TV up so that the text would show that I was using and then we had a little trial run and then we were away and I did my stuff and we played it back and it was awful. I mean, it, it was my fault because I just wasn't used to preaching to a blank wall in an empty hall. So I had to have another go at it. And eventually, we got something that was, you you know, half decent. But, But that wasn't the end of the story, because our musician folks, they all had to do music recordings, and I think they were doing it in their own houses. And all this stuff had to come together and be stitched together to make a composite whole, and then it had to be put onto the web or onto the website. And, you know, I I didn't realize just how much work was involved in all this, and it's been going on for the best part of 12 months. And, you know, I just think we need to be grateful for the people that we have in our congregation that are willing and able to do all this stuff. We should be grateful about that, shouldn't we? They're willing and able to do it. And being willing and being able is an important part of our Christian experience. You see, I will give notice this morning that I am really willing to join the music group on a Sunday morning and come up here on the stage and help sing and play. I'm willing to do that. But I can't because I've never been asked. Now, why haven't I never been asked? I'm not sure. But I think it may have something to do with the fact that our musicians here know that I can't play an instrument and I can't sing. I can no more carry a tune than I can carry a grand piano. So although I'm willing, I'm not able. Now, I believe that the Lord gives all his people different gifts and abilities and talents, and he gives us opportunities 
to use those things in his service. And so we need to ask him to help us to spot those opportunities and be willing and able to use the things that he's given us in his service, be it here in the congregation of his people or outside in the community amongst whom we live. Willing and able to serve the Lord. Looking back again to lockdown period, I remember, and this time I think it was around Christmas time, that I saw a cartoon. And the cartoon depicted a little man sitting in his home at a table and he's typing away on his computer. And of course the cartoonist contrives to show us exactly the text that is being produced. Dear friends, this is our annual newsletter for 2020. We've done nothing. We've been nowhere. Happy Christmas to all. Now that was a commentary, wasn't it, on last year with all the rules and regulations and, 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 and really a prophecy as well about what's happened to a large extent in this current year. And I think all of us can perhaps identify with that and look back and we can think of things which we weren't able to do, journeys that we weren't able to make, holidays that we could not take, uh, family and friends that we were looking forward to meeting, but it never quite worked out. And it was all very frustrating and very disappointing. But perhaps you can think as well about some things that happened that were quite good, but which were unplanned and unexpected. Let me tell you something from my own experience. Unplanned and unexpected, I discovered the book of Psalms. Now, when I say I discovered the book of Psalms, I didn't one day open up my Bible and say, cool, the book of Psalms. Well, never seen that before. I didn't discover it in that way. But, you know, we all have perhaps favorite books in the Bible, favorite characters in the Bible, favorite Bible stories, favorite Bible verses. But let's say that for one reason or another, the book of Psalms never got into the top 20 as far as I was concerned. I never get my head around it. Oh, I'd read it. I'd even preached from it from an odd occasion. But the book as a whole, I have to say didn't do much for me. And you know, wife and I, we have our little reading and prayer time every morning together, and we have this highly scientific way of deciding what to read. We start off at Genesis chapter 1, and we keep reading until we get the last chapter of the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, then we go back and start again. And on this morning... We turned over the page, and there before me was the book of Psalms. Oh, no. I suppose we have to do it. 
So we start reading in the normal way. Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 3, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute. I've never seen that before. That's really interesting. Read on. Gosh, there's a good lesson there. That's relevant to her today, isn't it? I'll have to remember that. And all of a sudden, the Psalms seemed to open out for me. And the Lord was saying, listen, Martin, keep your eyes and ears open because I've got things to show you from the book of Psalms. And I started putting little circles around the verses that I was reading that seemed to be particularly relevant and important. And I found a huge variety of relevant teaching and help and encouragement as we read through the book. And I just want to share with you one of those verses that I put a circle around when we were reading through the Bible together. And it's our text for this morning. Here it is. Psalm 119, verse 176. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. Now, there's no other verse with the number 176 in the whole of the Bible. Because the 119th Psalm is the longest psalm in the Bible, and it's also uh, the longest chapter in the Bible. Um, and it's an interesting psalm, because as you read through, you find that every verse, the psalmist, says something about God's law, about God's precepts about his decrees, about his commands, about his words, and about his statutes. It's in virtually every verse. So it's not going to be a very popular chapter of Scripture in today's climate where everybody wants to do their own thing and ignore everything that God says. What is it, the most popular song for funerals was said to be, is it, I did it my way. That's right. I was trying to think of the singer. Um, but I did it my way. So forget about God and his ideas. I'm doing it my way. And that is the sentiment of the age. But that wasn't really how the psalmist saw it. Because as you go through, and I've, I've got written down here some of the things he said. He says, your statutes are my delight. He says, lift up my hands to your decrees, which I love. He says, your law is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. And he says, far from being restrictive like people think it is today, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. So it strikes me that here was a man who knew what he was talking about and he loved the law and the word and the precepts and the commands of the Lord. It was something that he was very familiar with. 
and he writes this psalm, and he gets to verse, I, I can imagine him. I can imagine him getting to verse 175, and he sort of puts his pen down and leans back and thinks, well, not a bad job done, you know. And then he starts thinking about it. And he asks, he adds this verse 176. And it's like a PS. But in spite of all that I've said about these, my love for these laws and these commands and so, yet I've strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I've not forgotten your commands. This was his confession. And I wonder, can you identify with him in any way at all? Can you look back in your experience or where you are at the moment and say, well, just like the, psalm, the psalmist, you know, I've strayed. I know what it is to wander away. And yet, I still love the Lord. And this verse reminds me of that passage which Yin read to us this morning. Let's put it up on the screen again and see what it has to say. Um, now, <laughs> if you look at this psalm and the context in which it appears, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that the first application is that of the Lord seeking out and saving sinners who are lost. But I think that behind that, there's something else. Look, suppose one of you has got a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Scroll it up to the next part of the text of the passage. And when he, he goes out and looks, and when he finds it, he puts it on his shoulders and goes home, and he calls his friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my sheep. This is about possession and ownership. The Lord is talking about the sheep which belongs to him and the sheep which is gone astray. And there is a verse in the Psalms, is it 95? Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. You see, the born-again Christian belongs to the Lord Jesus. Part of the family, part of the flock. And yet, we have this propensity to go astray. But the Lord, I believe, is not just interested in bringing sinners to salvation. He's interesting interested in restoring those of his flock who have gone astray. And we all have a propensity to do that.
I wonder why it is. Well, there's a sermon for you. But um, let me just show you a couple of things from the scriptures about this. And the, fir the first is in the second epistle of Timothy in chapter 4 and verses uh, 9 to 10. And, and Timothy, now, or, or uh, Paul rather, is coming towards the end of his life and his ministry, and he's lonely. Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, look, because he loved this world, has deserted me, gone to Thessalonica. And there's some other people that for various reasons have, always have, have also left him. But this man Demas, about whom we know not a lot, has left him. Why? Because he loved this world. He was a man who was involved in the proclamation of the gospel. He was a man who was working on Paul's team. But now he's disappeared to the city because he loved this world. It would seem that he's gone astray. And you know, the world has a great pull on us. There's a whole load of things out there that are perfectly legitimate. There's nothing, you know, intricate in, wrong with them. But they are things which we can find draw us away from our relationship with the Lord. There are things which we can get preoccupied with. And you know, the Lord sort of gets put up on the shelf until Sunday morning. We take him down and put him back up again after the service. But the rest of the week, well, there's this, that, and the other thing. Perfectly legitimate stuff, some of it, no doubt. But it draws us away from fellowship with the Lord and our closeness with the Lord and we find that like the psalmist we're wandering away and going astray and then in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 3 and 6 as I urged you when I was, went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things provoke controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. So there were those things out there in the world that draw us away. And unfortunately, it would seem that sometimes there are things within the circle of the church and the congregation that cause us or push us away. Do you remember how Todd was teaching some while ago about false teachers? And they wheedle their way in and they look quite legitimate, 
but they create confusion, they promote dissatisfaction and discouragement, and disruption and distrust, and all the rest of it. And perhaps younger Christians who are new to the faith are particularly vulnerable to that. But some, in Paul's day, departed from the good things of the Christian faith. They wandered away. They'd gone astray. And there is another example for that in when Paul writes to the Galatians. And I haven't got this up on the screen because they'd got the screen all made up before I discovered these verses and decided to use them. Um, but Paul writes to the Galatians and, and the first chapter he says, listen, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And he talks about this, and in Galatians 5, he says, you've fallen away. These people who are proclaiming wrong things, and you've been foolish enough to listen to it, and as a result, it's damaged your relationship with the Lord. And you've fallen away. You've wandered away. You've uh, strayed, just like the psalmist. So you see, despite this, the good shepherd has his eye on his people. And, um, you know... <laughs> We talk about the good shepherd and the sheep, and I spent 20, 30 years looking after sheep, and I can tell you they're the daftest animals that you could ever come across. And they have this propensity for going astray. You know, you go out and there's, they're on the wrong side of the fence and can't get back. And they've got their heads stuck through the gateway and the, the rail's on a gate and they, and they can't get it out. Or they've tangled their fleece up in some thorns or some brambles and they can't move, you've got to cut them out. Or they've managed to get on their back, you know, and they're lying in the middle of the field with their little legs waving in the air and if they stay there long enough, they die. So the shepherd has got to be very careful to make sure that all the sheep are in the right place at the time time. So he goes out in the morning to count his sheep and because you all know how to count sheep, don't you? You know how to count sheep? Never count your sheep one, two, three, four, because you'll never have the right answer. You always count them two, four, six, eight, ten, and then you'll get the right answer. So the shepherd goes out, and he's got a hundred sheep, and he counts them. 88, 90, 92, 94, 96, 98, uh, 98. 99, there's one missing. There's one that has managed to go astray. There's some sheep that has, for one reason or another, has wandered off. But as I say, the good shepherd has his eyes on those sheep, and he's interested to restore the lost sheep to the to the place where he should be. And so he goes out and he brings it back. Let's go back to that text in Psalm 119. 
I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. Now, if you can identify with that, you need to know that no matter where you are in your Christian journey, the Lord hasn't given up on you. The Good Shepherd is there, and He wants to restore you and build you up and bring you to a much better place in your relationship with Him. And just look at the text. There's a confession, isn't there? I have strayed like a lost sheep. For whatever reason, I've wandered off. I've lost the joy of my salvation. Other things have come into my life and is sort of pushing the Lord and the Lord's things to one side. I've strayed. It's a confession which the psalmists make. And if we want to get back into a good place, we have to be honest with ourselves and honest with the Lord. And look at the things that are just interfering with our relationship with Him. We have to be honest and we have to confess. And then... The psalmist said, seek your servant. He seemed to know and understand that, yeah, the Lord was still on his side. The Lord wanted him to be restored. So, Lord, seek your servant. Bring me back to where I should be. And then he makes a declaration for I have not forgotten your commands. We might say, I've not forgotten you totally. I still love you, Lord. And I want a good relationship with you. I want to go on daily with you. I don't want to be like a sheep that has strayed away. I want to be back to the place where I'm both willing and able. Do you remember what I talked about to start off? I want to be back to the place where I'm both willing and able to be an active part of your family and of your church. I want a close walk with you. Now, as I come to the end of my little talk this morning, and we come to the end of my, the service, I want us just to take a prayer together. And the prayer is a, 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 a song which I think had its roots somewhere in the southern states of America. And it's one which you will recognize and it's one which we can take on ourselves this morning as a prayer, no matter where we are in our faith, whether we've wandered away or whether we're not doing too badly at all. So as I come to close, I just want to share this prayer with you, and I want you to pray it with me. So let, let's all stand together 
And I'm not going to sing the song, <laughs> but I'll read the words to you, and you can take them for yourself. Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. Keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to you. Just a closer walk with you. Grant it, Jesus. It's my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. And all the people said, Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.